Yo, in the day's podcast here with Geeky Jock, Tinfoil Hat Tony. Man, we are in a studio today here in downtown LA, specifically in the Arts District. Joe Rogan status. Right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are Joe Rogan status right now. It feels really good. Uh, we have our quasi producer Edwin handling our sound today, which is fine because then it just leaves me open to just you know get to the content which is really nice uh shout outs to edwin shout out edwin shout out edwin um in today's episode part one we discussed a lot of things which you guys have already seen and today is industrial society the negative relationship between human freedom and technology it sounds somewhat complicated but i wanted to get to this in our uh kind of our theme of this season which is covering all kinds of conspiracies and all kinds of um Things that are going on in our world today that um, we, we can relate back to Kavinsky's Manifesto, right, which we, we talked about in our first episode. Um, so before we get going on this, um, I want to ask you just a straight-up general question. Do you think technology is good for the human species going forward? And if you could live a life without technology would you yes and yes so i'll break it up into two parts the first part is should we as humans be consuming technology the way we are we should not it's the more we consume technology and the further advances we make i've always posed the question when i've talked to people about this and just having normal day-to-day discussions is is technology actually progressing us or are we declining every advancement we make because the further advances we make, it takes away from our actual intrinsic value as humans. Correct. We could no longer think or produce at a human rate. We're so consumed by technology that everything has become easy. We no longer have any actual, how do I say, it, skills as humans anymore. We can't talk. We can't do anything we're yes. just so consumed, it's so easy. Yes, and that's kind of where we're getting at the heart of the episode, right? The more we're relying on technology, the more less useful you become just as a human, right? The more you rely on technology, the more you lose your humanity, right? And that's kind of the, at, the, at the thesis of this episode and, and Kavinsky's manifesto. Even though he was a really bad guy, uh, he brought up a lot of themes that I think are relevant in our society today. And, and for me, you know... I think I would go without technology. I mean, the more we advance for, and that's kind of that. Remember that episode we did where I asked that that question, right? Is is making monkeys smart uh, an evolutionary success or an evolutionary dead end, right? And that's kind of what we have to ask ourselves: is is making monkeys smart and making us smart um, going to progress the human species, or is it at the end of the day an evolutionary dead end because we're going to create all this technology? And essentially, we are replacing ourselves with technology. And we're giving a small group amount of people who are going to control technology all the power over our autonomy and uh, over our lives. And we see it now, right? You get censored. Um, Everything you do in your life is predicated on technology. You order food online. You do everything online. You don't do anything necessarily for yourself as, as a human being anymore. You are totally reliant on our system, our industrial society, and on technology. And that's kind of the forward I wanted to get at before we kind of get into this. Any thoughts on that? 
just expanding on that too is just technology not only does that but it eliminates human interaction we no longer as humans even communicate Mm -hmm. in a in a manner that is conducted in a well-being what i mean by that is how many times even today when we were grabbing a couple drinks before how many times have you seen people are just so shut off from human interaction that when you actually approach someone or go to have a conversation you yeah. ri- you actually risk being like, what the hell is this dude even doing? Let's touch on that. Even today, I, I found myself at the bar even on my phone. Checking my phone constantly. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put the phone down. And that's when we got engaged with the very pretty bartender. What was her name? Um, I think her name was Karina. Karina, very pretty girl. And we just had a great conversation. You know, But if I would have been on my phone, I'm checking Twitter, I'm checking Instagram, or you know what I mean? We would have never had that kind of interaction, which made our experience yes. so much better. She was just, honestly, just a smoke show. Regardless of that, though, we just had a good conversation, got some drinks, and you know, we were able to have that human element in there. Instead of just, you're on my phone, dude, and you know, fuck you. You know, I'm just, you know. Just having a simple conversation is so, like, <laughs> yeah. out of the norm these days. Yeah. Like, even when you do have a conversation, it's... With a complete stranger, it's a com- Yeah, it's actually a good feeling, right? Because yeah, we felt good after. We are like, dude, we talked to a total smoke show and had a good time. That now we're it. about to record a podcast. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, makes, it makes our lives infinitely better when we put the technology down. Even though it's so hard, even like I said, I was just... I found myself constantly on my phone, and that's when I just... I put it down, and good things happen, all right? So let's get into this. Um, we, we've talked about the background of Kamenitsky uh, on the last episode. So like I said, today is industrial society and the negative relationship between human freedom and technology. So kind of the first points here, industrial society has created a civilization that requires human and social engineering to sustain itself, right? Um, the industrial revolution has subjected people and advanced nations to indignities, widespread psycho- psychological suffering, and has damaged the natural world greatly. I think you should expand on that. Um, you know, he's basically saying, in kind of my notes here, is Kavinsky saying, you know, by, by going to these industrial revolutions, you know, we've subjugated ourselves to these indignities, which is losing human autonomy. You know, like I said, you're totally dependent on your phone. You're totally dependent on the system to, to, to survive. And expanding on that, you no longer take humanity or human interactions as at face value. You go by what's trending. You go by the social norm that these monopolies have been able to create. You go by mm-hmm. what's basically, like I said, trending. You no longer actually take the human value aspects anymore into account. Correct. And then um, my next point is... is uh it's caused natu- it's caused damage to the natural world greatly. I mean, see all the pollution, i.e., right? I mean, look at all the pollution, look at the oceans, look at the animals that are extinct. I mean, the industrial revolution, industrial society isn't all gravy, right? There's there's negative consequences to those things. And while we enjoy what people call the pinnacle of humanity, which is modern society, there is downsides to that. And I think that's where we're going to get at. It's, it's not all gravy. There's a lot of things that our modern industrial society has placed upon us. And, and we, don't, we don't think about it enough because you're totally comfortable. You're totally dependent on a system of industrialization. Okay. If this industrial system continues to exist... Its effects will become increasingly worse, making more centralization of power and technology necessary. Yeah, I mean, we see it now, right? We Central banking, right? We see it in, uh, what do you order everything off of? Postmates, Uber Eats. Amazon. 
Amazon. Right. There's no more small business. It's a centralization of power, right? Jeff Bezos is one of the most influential people in the world because we, by industrializing, by using technology, there's this one guy who centralizes power and wealth. And by using technology, he's essentially taking over the, the taking United over States. The world, taking over the world, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what he means, what Kaminsky meant by that, right? All right. We don't have a lot of time here, so I'm just going to kind of run through these things. If industrialization is not stopped, it will end up reducing humans to engineer products and mere cogs in the social machine. And I think this is the biggest one that I personally want to get into because it is that no one has individuality anymore. It's now a mass, the masses versus the outliers. Mm-hmm. If you don't conform to their ideology or their beliefs, you're socially outcast and, and exiled within society, essentially, right? And if you do anything to combat social norms, you're automatically labeled a radical, a racist, a right-winger, if you want to get political about it. Yeah, let's, we're not going to get political. This is strictly technology. No, but I yeah. get what you're saying, yeah. You yeah. But that's, that's, in essence, what he's saying, right? It's... Um, Anyone who goes against the social norm or the social engineering will automatically be outcast. And let's take it a step further. What I think he really means here is all these, like, menial jobs are going to be replaced by a robot doing them, right? So not only will you lose autonomy, you'll lose your livelihood as technology takes over, and you will be nothing but a mere cog in the machine. You will be essentially useless to an advanced technological society because robots or the system will do your job for you. And that's what he's getting at there, I think. Um, One of the major psychological effects that the industrial system has on humans is that it disrupts the ability to participate in the power process. What is the power process? And this is kind of, he lines this out, right? In his manifesto, the power process contains four elements, goal, effort, attainment of goal, and autonomy. The mere possession of power is not enough to satisfy this process. It needs to uh, be applied towards some goal. An example is a bureaucrat who doesn't have a challenger to his position, right, which we see a lot, right? Like, think about all these bureaucrats in Washington or politics, right? Uh, Kavinsky offers the example of an aristocrat. Oh, I said that. Uh, that rusty. Yeah, because like, if there's no one to challenge you, you, you become bored, right? And you become demoralized, and you start to get depressed, right? You're not thriving towards anything. You're just a mere cog in the machine. You're not doing anything that lifts up your soul. Like, What are you actually on a mission for? A bureaucrat with no challenger is modern-day man. Like, What are you striving for? What are you doing that makes you happy? If a person consistently fails to attain their goals, they will end up suffering from similar psychological conditions as well as low self-esteem. Ideally, a human invests effort and struggles for attainable goals, but they yield a reasonable rate of success. In modern Western societies, most people find themselves in a similar position to medieval kings. They do not have to struggle to fulfill their physical necessities to cope with the situation. They turn to artificial goals, right? To satisfy their drive for power, to drive for their power process, um, just like the acrosticity of Kavinsky uses the term to surrogate activities to describe the phenomenon and presents the Japanese emperor Hiroshi as an example. Before we get into the example, I know that's a lot of lingual bingo stuff. This is just my mind kind of running wild here. But what, what, what he's trying to say is if you don't have a goal that you can attain 
as a human, if you're not in that power process, if you're just a mere cog in the machine, that affects you psychologically. It, it, it starts to wear on you. It, it, it does. Like what, like, what are you doing with your life, right? That's why people fall into depression. That's why people... People turn to a degenerate lifestyle. They, correct. They go to other means of filling the void that's caused by the process, a.k.a. the machine. Yeah. You become the cog in that machine. Correct. And they don't want to be cogs in the machine, right? You want to you be able to attain a certain goal with a reasonable amount of success. But in industrial life, that's, that's virtually impossible, right? You can do it, but all your needs are taken care of for already, right? You're not going to die tomorrow of starvation. The system's got you, bro. You know, you're going to survive. But what otherly goals are you, are you chasing that makes you feel good as a human? Right? Your life is taken care of mostly by the system. And that's what he's trying to get at. If you don't have a purpose in life, which industrial life doesn't give you one. Because I'll sum it up, is before industrial life, your, your life as a purpose was to survive and procreate. And that would have been a life deemed well. But with industrial life, that's what he says, artificial goals. Right? Those are artificial. They're fake. They have nothing to do with They're a product of the machine. They're a product of the machine. Yes. Like before, your goal was to get up and eat and survive. (laughs) That made you happy because you felt like you were actually doing something. You were adapted to that kind of life. You had to live. Yes. And what I mean by you have to live, you actually had to be a human. In a sense, they're create, this machine is creating a new species of human. Correct. That, is not that we're not adapted to. Artificial to, goals, right? Yeah. There, there are our artificial goals. Our main purpose as humans is to survive and to eat. And reprocreate. And, and, and rear your offspring, mm-hmm. right? But with industrial society, they take care of you. So, so now you're dependent you, on the system. You eliminate the three assets of humanity that built that is essentially our core values, and you eliminate those. And now you live in this. You live in an artificial, artificial world. world. Yeah, you're chasing artificial goals, right? That's why he says people develop these psychological issues, right? Because we're living in a world we're not adapted to by being an industrialized society, right? You were born to kill willy mammoths. Now you're chasing a corporate career. In the eight <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't add up, right? Uh, so, okay, let's get back to the Japanese emperor here. Uh, so he said, uh, this Japanese emperor became one of the most renowned marine biologists as he never had to struggle to satisfy his physical needs. The manifesto in which I read lays out a simple identification scheme for surrogate activities. This is what he calls surrogate activities, kind of what we said are artificial goals, right? If a person... Uh, if a person were to invest their physical and mental capacities in a varied and interesting way to satisfy their bi- biological needs, they would feel deprived and non-attainment of their goals. Yeah, I mean, without applying yourself physically, which we're adapted to and biologically are built for, you're going to feel empty if you're chasing goals that don't satisfy that biological need. And that's what they eliminated, though. That's why he... I think his whole point of the manifesto was through the Industrial Revolution, 
is you eliminate your biological needs and your duties. I mm-hmm. say duties because yes. that's essentially what men and women were here to put yes. on this earth to do yes. was reproduce and survive. And eat and hunt. hunt. And, 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 and those are all biological, biological needs. needs and but they, duties. But the system takes care of those needs for you. Already. And that's where he's against the system creating those needs to the level that we could. I could literally wake up and make a waffle. <laughs> like you throw know some shit in the microwave, bro. That's what I'm saying, you know. Versus where back then I would wake up from my fucking fire, be like, "Dude, I'm starving. That what am you, I gonna eat?" That gave you a sense of purpose, a sense of being, a sense would, of humanity. Then I would spend the next four to five hours figuring out what am I gonna eat. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So if so, these surrogate activities, like marine biology, falls under this category as it is a science that is not concerned with the fulfillment of one's own physical needs, because it takes much more time, it, it, because it takes not much more than a simple obedience to survive in Western nations. Right? They are built around the provision of surrogate activities, pursuits like scientific, athletics, achievement. Uh, athletic achievement, cultural creation, corporate careers, materialism. Those are all surrogate activities to him. And even, even one's own well-being are presented as examples for this in a manifesto. These activities are not sufficient to satisfy the power process that we talked about and are therefore leading to a state of constant restlessness. An aspect of this is that the people satisfy their physical needs by functioning as parts of immense social machine and not on their own lack of autonomy plays a large factor for some humans, as they need to take an independent and self-directed effort towards the attainment of their goals, either on their own or within a small group. So what he, what, what, all that jargon is, like, you know, if you, if you take on these surrogate activities, it's going to leave you feeling empty. Basically, what he means by that is surrogate activities. If you participate in the in the activities that the machine produces, aka unfulfillment, materialism, wisdom, athletics, all that consumerism, kind of stuff. you will not be in tune with your own individuality. With you your own biology, be, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're not doing the things that you were supposed to be doing. Go ahead, sorry. I mean, no, no, you're right. But expanding on that, you literally are going against your own biological DNA at that point. You're literally going against what composes you as a human at that point. Yeah, skip that point. Um, let's see. But yeah, but this is interesting stuff, right? Because it's true. Like, if, if I think about my life, it's like, yeah, I want to chase the corporate career. I want to do all this stuff. But how many instances are in life or in movies that we find out that those things are ultimately empty, right? You can have all the money in the world. Let's not even, let's not even make it to that extreme, right? You can, you can climb up that corporate career. You can have the car. You can have the place. You can have the trophy wife. And people are still unhappy. They, they, they still look at their lives and they're like, I don't want this. This isn't fulfilling, right? And that's kind of what he's getting at because you're chasing surrogate activities. You're chasing artificial goals that are not in line with your, um, with your biology and how you were supposed to be as a human. We're living literally like the way I take his manifesto is like you're living in a matrix full of things that are not real. And you're, you're chasing seen, things that are not real. Have you seen that, that crazy study that studied men and women in their 30s and 40s and they're the most unhappiest they've ever been in their lives? Because they chase surrogate activities, right? Like, like you said, they you chase know? all these accomplishments that ultimately mean, mean nothing. shit. 
They mean nothing because mm-hmm. you have women trying to compete with men in the business field. You have men being emasculated to the point where they no longer pursue their natural biological needs or do they're chasing materialism, so they're, they're chasing consumerism. Yeah. So you you just have this constant influx between the sexes that are disenfranchising disenfranchising themselves further from their biological needs and duties, and you're seeing it. And the fact that this was wrote in 1995. It's kind of insane. Yeah, that's another caveat, guys. This is a manifesto from 1995. And um, we can start to see, like, what he's saying is rings true in in, uh, 2021, for sure. Um, Okay, so let's let's keep going here. Uh, These issues tend to not play a role in primitive societies, leading Kineski to the conclusion that these psychological issues emerge in industrial systems because humans are not adapted to live under their conditions, right? So you you become depressed, you become crazy, you start dwelling into all these crazy stuff because you're living in a society that's literally not built for you as, as an adaptation of evolution. Right, you're. That's why people are depressed. That's why people need pills. That's why people are going insane, dude. Because you're not. We're not as humans are not built biologically to live in this kind of society, an industrial society. Right. The the further we've gotten away from nature, and everyone, like I said in the beginning, everyone praises. Oh, we're living the best time of humans. Do we? Why is everyone all messed up? Why is that's, why is there so much stuff that's wrong? Where, that's what the industrial revolution has caused. It's caused not only a shift in our physical attributes; it's caused a shift in our mental frame too. Mm-hmm. It's literally rewired our whole brain on what we believe is easy, right? Because you have all these boomers who are like, "Oh, this generation has had it easier than ever," <laughs> right? And it's like, dude, you bought a house when it was like ten dollars, <laughs> bro. You bought a house uh, when it was fucking dirt cheap. You try to come live to LA now. It's fucking two to yeah. three hundred thousand dollars to buy a fucking boomerism house. is work hard. Yeah, dude, totally. Ah, <laughs> uh, work hard. Like no one's working hard. hard. Yeah, bro. You come literally on. see us working forty, sixty hour weeks making dirt. No, not mm-hmm. even making dirt. Making good money, but yet cost of living. And a, a, a house in LA is like million dollars. Yeah, bro. Like. Come How does on, LA have so much homelessness? I yeah. fucking wonder why, dude. Yeah, because, you know, like, that's a different episode, but it is true about that, right? It's like, the further we're going, the further, the less it makes sense, right? I mean, aren't we supposed to be in the best time ever? But yet, the average guy can't go out and, and buy a house. He can't go out there and support a family. So, on a broader topic is, the further we're going, the worse things are getting, Right, money's fake. It's a fiat currency. There's nothing back in it, and that's kind of we can allude that to Kavinsky's thing. It's fake. It's it's bullshit. It's nonsense. And and the more it gets devalued, the more inflation there is. The more that hurts us, because we live in a false kind of reality. Right before people used to trade stuff. Right, like our our uh, ancient people with gold, and they used to have markets and used to trade stuff for one another now we have a piece of paper that's backed by nothing that gives it value i mean look at bitcoin look at the meme coin dogecoin it's all nonsense basically yeah so we have a dollar well we have a we have a theoretical dollar that's backed by nothing and we eliminated trading actual goods and supplies that we would need to survive every day to life like for example like uh let's just say the apocalypse happened tomorrow Um, you you show up to some dude and like here here's a buckload truckload of worthless dollars what, have, what does that matter in an apocalypse? Do you have bread? 
<laughs> you have, yeah, you have a do, gun. Do you have? Yeah. What is a what is a truck of? Let's just say you fill up a whole semi full of hundred dollar bills. And in an apocalypse, what is that really worth? Bro, I need water and bread and like a baseball bat. Those it, it's nonsense, yeah, right? It's so we can allude that to kind of what Kaminsky's saying, right? We live in a false narrative, false reality, chasing false things, right? Money is false. Money is fake. And like I said, if money was real, why would why couldn't you be able to use it in an apocalypse? It would be a worthless paper bill. But that's how you control a population. That's how you control mm-hmm. a whole society is you base everything off this dollar. But if the apocalypse, were, that's why they're so helping. On not, they're preventing the collapse. Of a the cup of soup would be worth more than a truckload of worthless $100. <laughs> Put it that way. In an apocalypse. Uh, a cup yeah. of soup, bro. I wouldn't yeah, trade a cup of soup for a truckload of $100 bills. I'd be like, nah, I'm taking my soup. No, no, I need to eat. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm taking my soup with me. Campbell's. I don't care what it is. I ain't trading that for a truckload of worthless paper. Some fucking chunky powder chan. Yeah. Imagine how much that'd be worth compared to the worthless hundred dollars in that that thing. Um, Okay, so these issues. Okay, so these issues that he's talking about, they they don't really play a significant role in primitive societies, right? Um, so Kaminsky saying that because of that, these psychological issues emerge in an industrial system because humans are not adapted to live under their conditions, right? Excessive population density, right? Look at the cities, right? We're all crammed in, you know, there's people everywhere. Our tribal ancestors never lived like that, right? Isolation of men from nature, right? We don't live in nature. We live in a concrete jungle, right? You see buildings, sidewalks. I mean, you're, you're totally away from nature. When's the last time you've seen a beach or a lake? Um... Rapid social change and the dissolution of small social units like the traditional family, right? And I'll expand on that coming up. But, yeah, I mean, how many people rely on their family now? I mean, they rely on the system now, on the government, more than their moms and their dads and their immediate family. So it's all kind of a breakdown from our natural processes, right? Back in tribal times or even... Government is now the new family. Yes, Right. They're getting checks every month from the government instead of relying on your family. And, and that's, a part, that's a product of the system, right? They, they make everyone relying on this worthless dollar to make them dependent on the system because y- your family is poor because of the system, right? So how can you rely on them? You're going to have to rely on big daddy government instead of your own kin, your own family, Right. Small social units are broken apart as technological society often requires individuals to switch locations to enjoy better education, career opportunities, or health care. Also, has an incentive to actively promote this process to shift the loyalty of the population away from the family or tribe towards the system itself. And that's kind of what we kind of went on already, right? You know, if you want to go get a better job, you're going to leave your tribe, your family, to go work for the system, right? If you need better health care, you're going to leave your job. You're oh, not your job. You're going to leave your family, your, your your immediate family, to go get better health care. But that makes you dependent on the system and not your own family, right? And that's kind of the thing about even women these days, right, who don't want to stay at home. They'll say, I'm not going to do anything for a man, but yet they work for a boss, Right? Before, women depended on their men and their, and their family, but now they're dependent on a boss who pays them. It, it, it's, it's the same exact thing. That's why it's an oxymoron, right? They think they're independent, but they're not. They have to show up for the man every day and a boss who pays their salaries to survive. 
how independent is that? There's no independence. Exactly. So that to me, uh, we won't even get into that, but I'm just saying I use that example because I want to, because women are supposed to take care of the family, right? At least in tribal times and back in the day, right? But what they do is get up every day and they go work for a boss. Well, they think they're so unhappy. Exactly. But they're doing what they say they're not doing, right? And, 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 and even us, right? We say we're independent. We're, well, we rely on the system. We rely on a job. We rely on a paycheck, right? It's not just women. It's us too. But that's a whole part of, I think, his bigger point is that the Industrial Revolution has ma- manifested itself into all aspects of life. The, the system is so strong now is you truly – independence is a thing of the past. To say that you're independent, unless you own a company or you're part of the one – unless you're a part of the top conglomerates that are running stuff, a.k.a. Amazon, Tesla, Facebook, Google, like all the aspects that control our lives, you're not truly independent. That is correct, and I'll get to that. Even with small business, we'll get into that. That's a that's a very good point. Yeah, because like he's like he's saying, industrial society has taken over the world. You you, you are dependent on them, whether you like if it or not. not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the system only tolerates small scale groups that are pacified and emasculated, as they do not pose a threat to its position. This rapidly changing environment is a breeding ground for social and mental issue. And his manifesto, Kaminsky argues that the decisive factor that is not the change itself, but rather the imposed nature of it. So we'll get to that. While explorers and pioneers lived in a changing environment, they did not suffer from the same psychological conditions that can, that can be attributed to the fact that they experienced change out on their own desire for adventure, whereas a modern man is powerless against the rapid transformation of his environment. That's a lot of jargon there, but I'll break it out. So what he's saying there is he uses pioneers and explorers, right? Let's take uh, Lewis and Clark, right? Those guys were living the life. They were happy as hell because they were striving for that change, for that adventure. They had autonomy. They were doing it themselves. They were changing in the environment on their own accord, which lines up with your biology, right? Because you're in control of your life. You're, you are making that change. But in today's society, a modern man, you are powerless to the changing rapid social movements that the industrial society provides you. You are essentially powerless to every change, every technological change that happens in your life. You are powerless to that. You are just a product of the cog in the machine. So if they say, hey, we're changing changing life as you know it, you just got to accept that. It's crazy to think about, right? Because... Just bouncing off the Lewis and Clark example, it's what modern man, or let me pose this question. Kalvitsky was an individual who went against everything that we know, right? He was the one who tried to fulfill his biological duty, right? In the sense Mm -hmm. that he tried to blow up all these buildings. He wrote the manifesto. He wanted to basically collapse the system. Correct. But the Industrial Revolution, what we're currently under, is so strong they literally stopped him and labeled him as a psycho. Correct. So if you try, I guess he was my, a bad dude. He went about no, it the yeah, wrong ways. ways. But my but. main point is, is that he fulfilled, not fulfilled, but he tried to go after what Lewis and Clark did in the sense that he wanted to go against the system. He wanted to bring it down in a sense, but the system is so strong and so powerful that he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Even with this manifesto, people still label him as insane. You know? 
it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you want to make your own way and do your own things in society and go your own way, you know, you're gonna you're gonna face some kind of pushback. And that's what we'll get into here. So we're going to skip to right where it says security. The, the security, the acquisition of wealth. So in order to gain wealth, right, is often bound to the degree of obedience to the system. People get rewarded for adhering to laws, regulations, and expert opinions, not for their own individual initiative. The desire for security is basically unsatisfiable since technology often puts humans at its mercy. One has to rely entirely on the decisions of others that pull the levers in the system. These people tend to be pilots, politicians, government, economic people, corporate executives, and the like. Whereas a primitive man was not helpless in the face of adversity. A modern man has no way to protect himself from a nuclear explosion, a global economic crisis, or an airplane crash. I think that one's pretty, uh, that one got to me a lot because I, I think he's, he's very true in that. You know, you, you're, the, how do people get rich, right? Because they, they, they're bound to the degree of obedience to the system, right? Um, you have you, to be a slave to the system, system in order yes. to gain your wealth. Correct. Because, and that helps the system itself, right? And he also goes and says that primitive man had way more control over his life than you do. And he used the, like he says, primitive man was not helpless in the face of adversity, right? Hey, a tribe was coming to kill you. You could fight back. You could, was, you could even though you may have died, you still had control over that. You, it was you. It was all on you as an autonomy, autonomy right? You had that choice. You had that. You were in control of your life in that moment. What he's saying is modern man lives their life on autopilot, dude. <laughs> you really are not in control of your life for so many factors due to the industrial society we're in, right? You have no control over a nuclear explosion. What if someone just wants to nuke you? You're done. Or what happens if the fiat dollar just collapses? Exactly. What if inflation goes to hyperinflation? You have no control over that. No control over your future. You get on a plane, it fucking goes down, you're dead. You're dead. You have no control. You are living on autopilot in those circumstances, right? Well, autopilot is, a.k.a. you're living on the machine's well-being. Correct. And if the machine fails, then you fail. And that's what he's saying. Is like you, Primitive man had way more control <laughs> over his life than you do. Despite the fact that the latter man is probably more physically secure, like, you know, you're not prone to violence. You know, like I said, a tribe invading was something that primitive man had to deal with, right? It is the former man that lives with a higher degree of psychological security because he knows he can rely on himself in almost any situation. So what he's saying there is, while we have more physical security in our industrialized society, primitive man had more psychological security. And, what, and the kind of his theme is that industrial society produces a lot of psychological ailments, right? He's saying primitive man was more psychologically stable, bro. Oh, for sure. And the reason that because he knows because he, because primitive man knows he can rely on himself in almost any situation. That's where the industrial revolution has eliminated that. You don't rely on yourself on anything. How many times do you see a blue-haired like social justice warrior on Twitter literally lose her mind over something that doesn't even matter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like their whole mental aspect or their mental frame is completely on thin ice. Correct. Um 
yeah, so in a primitive society, um, you know, you could get sick, whereas threats to modern humans tend to be imposed by the system and man-made in origin, right? Like it, a primitive man could get sick, yeah, but that's all nature. That's biological. Now, everything that can hurt you is man-made. It really is. It's all man-made. We're, we're creating more violence for ourselves, for you. It's not nature anymore. It's all man-made, dude, like a plane crash. We created planes. You can die in a plane crash. You can die in a car. We could go home tonight in an Uber and crash. Yeah. We could. Will we have any control of that? No. We wouldn't, right? It's crazy to think about it. If you really think about it, huh? like we really don't have any control over that. Whatsoever. We just trust the system. Every time we get in an Uber, we trust the system. Every time you get in a plane, you trust the system. Anytime you do that, you're, you're essentially giving your autonomy to the system. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, the resulting unsatisfying lifestyle in modern society leads to anomalies in human behavior, such as lack of interest in having offspring. An excessive focus on longevity and maintaining physical attractiveness even at an advanced age. A post that stands a primitive life in which a man tends to accept the progression of his life with much more ease. He has gone through the power process adequately enough to be satisfied with what he has achieved and therefore does not fear death. Yeah, so what he's saying there in that jargon is, um, for me, is like, okay, you're a primitive man. you woken up every day. You hunted. You've eaten You've satisfied your biological needs every day. You've produced offspring. You've reared them to somewhat adulthood. So for you, that's a great achievement. Your biological duty has been, been fulfilled every day. So death to you, doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Because you've accomplished so much. You feel like that was a life worth living. And it's crazy because the birth rates are the lowest they've ever been in the United States. That's, what that's a psychological condition. No one is reproducing. You have feminine versus masculine going at war versus each other. And it's just like really expanding on that. It's like you really eliminate our biological needs and duties. You see the repercussions of a society. Yeah, and you know we we try to glance over it by labeling labeling it as, oh, we're the most independent and strongest and free willed we've ever been. In reality, that's how they lie to you. <laughs> that's how they lie to you. Mm-hmm. The further they disconnect yourself from your true inner being, aka your animal self, the more you're a cog in the machine. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I think you hit on the head right there. So let's get let's get through this one, Edwin. This next bullet point, and let's uh, let's take a quick little break, segment it out, and then uh, we'll come into something different, a new song. Uh, let's just it break it up. Yeah, yeah. And we'll finish it off here. All right. Uh, it means using power to influence and control the circumstances of one existence, the types of freedoms that are guaranteed. So what he's trying to say here, I'm not going to read all that, is that he's saying the freedoms that we have in Western society are, are basically trash, that they're not really freedoms, that they're just freedoms that help the system. Um, that's kind of trying to say. What do you What do you think about? Let's. He uses primitive man. What do you think? What do you think about that? Like, uh, like primitive man's freedoms 
to there were actual freedoms because if someone tried to take away those freedoms you had the right at that time i'm talking about primitive man if someone let's say let's take it back to the caveman era someone come and try to take your rock you're gonna kill him right and no one (laughs) no one would look a blind eye yeah for sure for sure try to take my rock or take my wheel i'm fucking gonna cock you yeah i'm I'm going after you right going after you now people the modern man and modern women believe that our rights are basically undeniable you know yeah so he's saying our liberties uh that are the liberties that we do have either promote the expansion of the industrial system or those that not hinder it right so like for example we can use um can we chaplice can we challenge the establishment that's currently running things whether you're left or right i don't care this is not political and this argument can can you can you do things that challenge the establishment and the answer is no that's what he's saying are you really free then you only have freedoms that either help the establishment but they definitely don't let you have freedoms that challenge they label it disinformation information or whatever whatever you want to think about it whether i'm not saying it's right or wrong but i'm saying they are literally putting putting uh challenges to the regime to their establishment to their system because why wouldn't you be able to say whatever you want about their regime about their system because it's not a free system correct and that's what he's saying there. but that's the ultimate illusion they sell to you is that everything is free yeah but it's that you live in a free man. society that's the biggest illusion the united states is currently under especially in our political yeah revolution. we're not we're not free they as sell so much you the illusion of freedom mm-hmm. and you buy it every day as so much that it helps the system right exactly. they, they, they'll let you have a little bit of freedom that doesn't challenge the system right like go ahead and go eat uber eats go ahead and do this go ahead and watch some entertainment go ahead and do all this kind of that we control but the moment you challenge the establishment you're in some big trouble yes sir you better believe it so kaminsky here in this kind of like he was going through it and i'm gonna try to break it down without sorry like i'm just reading some jargon because i know um a lot of people don't uh, kind of want to read all that. But Kaminsky argues that the setup of our industrial system or those that do not hinder it... Uh, sorry, sorry. Kaminsky argues that our society is fundamentally biased towards the profilation and innovation of technology at the cost of human freedom. So let's expand on that and then we'll take a quick, uh, take a quick segment break here. So what he's saying is the system is set up to keep getting more technology advanced at the cost of human freedom, right? Look at all the surveillance you're under now, right? Every street light has a camera. Every, everywhere you're surveillance, How you're watched. Times? Every single thing, whether you're left or right or green or blue or whatever, 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 I don't care about that. But you are constantly under surveillance. How many times do you download an app and it says, can I track your location? Mm-hmm. Every fucking app you, you download. You are being fucking watched. Is that human? You think a primitive man was? <laughs> we we have no images of them. Dude, That's was, totally dude, freedom. Was living in the middle of the woods, not wanting mm. to be fucked with. But today, society, you are constantly monitored. But but everyone says, "Oh, technology is so great." And don't get me wrong. It's not to say that technology is trash. But in this purpose, and this episode, and this argument, and according to his manifesto, right? That's that's the context in which this episode is in. 
Okay, and we're, I'm only going to argue parameters in regards to his manifesto. This isn't my personal opinion. I'm strictly arguing what this manifesto says. And I think it is true. He has some truth to that because the more technology advances, the more human freedom does seem like it's subjugated. You're constantly watched. The more technology advances, the more freedoms you're ripped away. But they still sell you the illusion of freedom. That's the that's the hamster wheel that we're on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, are you free if you're constantly being surveillanced? They could read every message you see platformed. Are you free? You know, if they can read your every message or every email. If they can, like when we get out of here, I'm pretty sure we'll, where we're going wherever, they'll have cameras watching us going where we're going. Mm-hmm. If we were to commit a crime, they'd, how do you think they have all the footage of people doing stuff? My thumbprint, <laughs> my thumbprint is in the DMV. <laughs> yeah, you are monitored and surveillance literally every second of your life. And with your phone, this is just a monitoring device. It's a tracking device. They can literally pick up my phone and know exactly what I've done mm. in the last week, two weeks, months. Oh, I took an Uber here. He did this here. He went here. He went there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. all recorded, dude. It's crazy. It's all recorded. They know exactly what you're doing. So that's, that's kind of what he's saying, right? The more technology advances, the more we lose our human freedoms, even not to be monitored or pictured or recorded. So I think that was a that's a good point by him, and I think the more we're in twenty twenty one now. Think about it. he was saying this in nineteen ninety five before all this. Now we're starting to see how much surveillance it's actually coming to fruition. It is coming to fruition, right? You can whether whatever your political movement is, you are constantly monitored, and this little phone you have in here, they got gotcha. you. <laughs> Reminds me of the Dave Chappelle scene. Gotcha, bitch. <laughs> the gotcha, bitch. <laughs> yeah, they got you, bro. You are not hiding from the system anymore. They they got you on 4K. You know, like, I love that saying, 4K. They, they got really do got 4K. us in 4K, dude. You, you're not hiding 60 frames nothing. per second, too, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a quick break. I don't know what that means from your end, Edwin, but um, we'll take a quick one. End of days. End of days podcast, Geeky Jock. Tinfoil hat, Tony. All right, I'm going to cut it right there. All right, perfect. Uh, Edwin, if you can, too, before we start, let's, let's move to the top of the page here. No, no, the other way, the other way. Go right. Go a little bit more down. No, sorry, the other way, the other way, the other way. Right there. All right, ready? Go ahead and let me know. Uh, give me a countdown, Edwin. We're recording now, so um, whenever you guys are ready, uh, just go ahead and play the audio the, from the song, and then we can fade it from there. Okay, cool. Yo, in today's podcast, back here with another segment, the final segment. Um, Geeky Jock, as always. Tinfoil hat, Tony. Yeah, man, we're having a great time here at um, at our studio. 
Dark Room LA. Shout out to Dark Room LA. Shout out to Edwin. If you guys listening here, uh, check it out on Instagram. I'll probably drop a link in my um, in our description. Dark Room LA here in the Arts District. Um, yeah, I, I, having a great time here, man. What about you? It's a great experience, man. Edwin, legit on the sound, being a good producer. The room is great. Very professional setup. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah. Support them. Follow them on Instagram. And we're going to go get a little bit drunk after. Yes, you know? sir. It's, uh, we, got, we got some time here to kind of kill. So I just uh, don't forget to five stars and leave some comments. I checked the boards. We're still like, uh, I think we're like 215 in uh Australia, um, again, at least we're in the top 500. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, shout outs to the Aussies in the UK, which is our biggest strongholds. We're not going to trend in the United States. The um, hopefully that's to. the goal. You know, one day we will. Um, we don't even have 100 episodes yet. So, you know, thank you all again. Just wanted to leave a little segment out there. We love you guys. Yeah. I don't necessarily know if I love you guys, but... <laughs> He's lying. He was telling me when he woke up this morning, he was thinking about all the Aussies, bro. Uh, he loves you guys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening to the content. Um, you know we're about uh, tinfoil hat dudes in this season. Um, and, you know, we'll keep going, and we'll keep bringing this you guys... This is episode 7, right? This is episode, like, 10, dude, on the tinfoil hat dudes. Yeah. Are we capping it out of 10 is this uh, our last um, we talk about that. Um, because we do have a new season that me and Nikki yeah, Chuck yeah. have been talking about. Yeah, yeah, we have a new creative season coming up. I think uh, we should cap it like at thirteen. Um, it's kind of my goal here. We're already cool. at ten. We've got three more. Um, just to keep it fresh, you know. I mean, there's only so many conspiracy stuff, and honestly, this stuff gets um a little redundant to me, even though I love it. You know, just talking about some kind of all this kind of serious stuff, right? And, you know, I like to be a creative, right? And that's kind of the next season will be is more storytelling, um, just more creative works than what we're doing now. And then we can always come back to this kind of stuff too after that season. That's kind of my uh, my primitive kind of thoughts here. Yeah, so. for sure. All right, so back to industrial society. Um, so only radical overthrow in the form of revolution could reverse the process of which we're in, right? That's Kavinsky saying, right? Uh, well, unpredictable and potentially dangerous consequences. Furthermore, he describes how industrial society has to apply social engineering to function. This creates a sense of powerlessness amongst the population that has to be counted, countered with psychological measures such as propaganda, mental health programs to convince the masses that this is happening in the interest of them. Damn. If I've never met a, read a more <laughs> accurate statement that sums up where we're currently at, yeah, shoot me, man. Holy uh, crap. Yeah, I mean, social engineering is also like, you know, you know, like drugs. And if you're on depression, they'll give you a pill, right? That's kind of what he means by social engineering, right? You're, you, you're suicidal. There's a hotline for you. Like, you know what I mean? All these kind of things that are socially there for you. But what's causing them is the system itself, right? That's what they don't want you to know. The Why system, are you depressed? Why do you want to kill yourself? The system has a, a lifeboat, basically, right? They have a preserver that they throw at you, right? They're like, mm-hmm. damn, we're killing our own people. Yeah, but hey, 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 
we offer a hotline. Yeah, you're powerless, but here's um, here's new technology. Yeah, Here, here's the newest iPhone, but you're powerless in your life, and that's kind of what he means by social engineering, right? Like you said, like Roman times, right? I always describe our current times to to late Rome, right? It's like give them bread, give them entertainment, and and, and you can control the masses, right? Um, kind of like the, what the whole Colosseum was about, right? People were entertained. They were they weren't focusing on their freedoms and their how they were being governed, right? They were too busy, uh, preoccupied with other things. And that's kind of what he means by social engineering, right? Well, social engineering to me also means like Netflix, Hulu, right? You go home and you're pacified. You're watching even pornography, right? You go home, you watch some porn, you watch some Netflix, you watch some Hulu, dude. You fucking, you take your pills, you don't kill myself pills. That's all part of that social engineering, right? To get you away from... Humanity. Why is this happening to you in the first place? Because of the system itself, right? The industrial system. And we talked about that, right? You're not, you weren't born. You're not evolution as humans. You weren't, we're not adapted to this new industrial society. I have a question for you. Yep. Hey, do you, now, in this industrial revolution, is it merely for profit? Or are they trying to completely control a population in the sense, are they trying to depopulate us? I think everything, when you, pull back that curtain and you see who's behind it it's always about power is what it is so yeah. power power it's all humans are always striving for power that's what he even says right and, and your goals and your and when you're chasing if you don't have power to to actually do those things you become depressed right they're stripping you of power and getting more power for themselves right that's that's essentially what industrial society is, right? You're taking powers from the individual human society and giving it to the system, to industrial system, to technology, right? Like right now, like the more you depend on technology, like right now, could you go and feed yourself? Like let's just say you couldn't use technology to eat. Could you go out there and feed yourself? Um my answer would be no. I would starve for maybe two to three days. <laughs> Before you could figure no, it out. No, but right? then once I starve, that's when my inner animal comes out, my Probably, inner savage, yes. where I will ultimately do anything that I would need to do to feed. For sure. Yes. And that's what he, and that's kind of what he's getting at, right? Then you would become human again, right? You're not, you wouldn't have someone. I would basically go hunting, right? Yeah. For my food. Yeah. You would yeah. be in your, within your biological narrative by doing that, right? Instead of right now, oh, like, right, let's order off of Uber Eats or let's um, go to the grocery store where it's already there for you, right? In which we think of it as convenience, but what, one of his main points, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue on from this, but one of his main points is the more technology advances, the more you lose your autonomy as a human, right? I mean, you don't do shit for yourself. Essentially, you're dependent on the system. We all are, essentially. No, we all are. We're all dependent. We're not individuals. We're not free. What about those people in the Midwest who have own a piece of land and they are literally feeding off their land they have chickens they have vegetables they pay their tax they pay their property tax every year but it's so dirt cheap that you would laugh at it if you're that's probably a good outlier to point to right and they're probably pretty happy they're probably big, more happy than city folk have a big family you know just eat off the land and just where did where, when did why did we when can we pinpoint in our time period in american society when did that shift happen to the industrial revolution is an easy one to point to, and that's kind of what he's getting at, right? Once starts 
stuff being become an automated. And even there's a segment in like the the supply line, right? Of like I'll use a quick example of uh how they build cars, right? In the 1930s, I saw this movie where some guy they show him and it's kind of a satire. He goes to work every day and he does his job is literally to just screw on a bolt every day for eight hours. That's his job in the supply line, right, into building this car. So all he does all day for eight hours is screw a bolt. A screw a freaking bolt. Mm -hmm. And that's his life. Oh, there's no more to it? There's just. That's the point of the story. Oh, he's just fucking existing eight hours a day screwing a bolt. And that's kind of what Kaminsky's saying. You're just a cog in the machine. You have been reduced to a bolt screwer to build a car for an industrial society. This dude literally did for eight hours, ten hours a day. The so, same fucking thing, bolt the, screwing. The 20s? I think it was in the 30s that I saw this movie. But it was a narrative on society even back then where this guy otherwise would be doing other more productive things in his biological imperative but his life had been reduced to going to work every day and fucking screwing on bolts on a car on a supply line. And he became mad. He was just like, not mad, but like not mad and like anger, but he just became like, like he just became like a weird ass person like throughout the, throughout the movie, you know? Cause all yeah. he does is go to fucking work and screw on bolts, bro. It's a topic for another day, but it always something that I think about a lot is give, was giving man or the human species a consciousness was it really the best thing for the human species? Because within that, you are in fight for constant power. Yeah, I mean, and I think that goes back to, and like you said, it's another episode. It's, 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 we are in a fallen state of man, right? We are sinful. And I don't mean to get religious, but that's the only way I can make sense of it, right? We're, you are sinful. You are flawed. You are not whole. You are a flawed, sinful person. And that is the state of man. No matter how you want to say it, we all are. We all do fucked up things. That's a fucked up world we live in. There's atrocities committed every day. Because as an individual, you are flawed. You are sinful. You, you are not a, you're not even nowhere near close to God. You are a fallen creature. And you are in a fallen state of life. And that creates a lot of issues for humanity as a whole. Right, and we can go on that, or maybe on a different episode. But to answer your question, I think once man fell, I mean, last question, and we'll move on from this point. Simple mm-hmm. yes or no? Was it the death of Christ? If you want to go religious, yeah, I mean, it could be that. It could, let's just say, there or, or, or God abandoned us, right? And we've are fallen, and 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 that's why. Okay, so I'll say this, and then we can move on. We look to technology. To save us, right? Technology is a new God. Yeah, we look to it to be save us from our broken selves, right? And I think that's where we're at now. Please, technology, please help me. Fill this void, right? Fill this void, yeah. This emptiness that I cannot understand. Let's go to space. Let's, Let's do all this stuff, but, you know, you're still flawed and you're still broken. And, and before God used to be, and I'm not really religious, you know that, but the more I get older, the more I think about it, it's like, you know, we are religious creatures, whether you're always worshiping someone or something or something. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what it is, you can worship celebrities, you can worship government, you can worship politicians, 
You can worship a God, but you're always worshiping somebody. And I think now that we don't have a a, a, a God that we all worship, it, it leads to all kinds of dismay in our society because we're broken. And and if you and, and I think it's human hubris or human confidence or cockiness to makes us think that we're good, we're fine. Obviously, we're not. But that's a part of the. Now I understand what he means is eliminating Christ or eliminating the concept of religion. I'm not necessarily saying you have to fully believe in religion, but eliminating worshiping a greater being that's outside of yourself and the industrial revolution makes you believe that you are God. Yeah. And, and you can live a life with no, with, yeah, with no repercussions, mm-hmm. no actual fulfillment, even though you're actually going against your biological needs and duties. Correct. That's a good, that's a good one. Uh, let's go to the fitting example bullet point fitting example for this is the co is the covid pandemic of this year yeah we all know that covid was a result of a globalized transport network this occurred at such a pace that it might have caused um uh, i think i have a little typo here uh so basically since we have a network right of, of globalization it was easily being able to spread right and kind of what he's saying is um so what they're saying is they knew about this stuff, right? We there was reports about it in December and all that, but they didn't want to they didn't want it to affect the system, right? The, the the networks, right? It would be bad for the machine. It would be bad for the machine, right? So they downplayed it at first. Remember those reports where it's like, oh, it's happening, but we don't know, blah blah blah. Um, so let's let's keep going up on that bullet point. Um, yeah, right, right. There's fine. So let's see where I can start here. I kind of wrote a lot here, huh? So the crisis had been born and the death rate was declining. Since the crisis had been manufactured by and um, before mentioned organizations, mostly were pointing to the irrelevant rising infection numbers and ignoring the extremely low death rate. The only reason why this supposed pandemic is still a daily talking point is because it justifies the measures taken by the industrial system to permanently restrict and regulate human behavior, right? So they, they have to keep making it a big deal, bro, because they literally shut you down. They put businesses out of business. They're literally controlling you by wearing your mask and what you can do and cannot do, right? They're limiting hi- human behavior, right? So they have to the keep easiest, making it a big deal, bro. One of the easiest ways to control people is, like, the stupid-ass mask mandate. Yeah, and, and the reason I put the technocratic elite is because, like I said, this isn't a left or a right thing, right? These are people who are way omnifarious. They're not, they're not left. They're not Democrat or Republican, if you will. The technocratic elites have realized that this situation is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to accelerate the dependence of society on complex technology. Lockdowns, mass surveillance, which we talked about, and the other grave invasions of human freedom can now be applied to systematically silent oppositions. We've seen that, right, with censorship. And support social engineering measures. Social engineering measures. It is clear, for example, that media campaigns and protest bans have been mostly applied to anti-lockdown demonstrations across the Western world. Hey, expanding on that, quick little side note. You want to hear a crazy conspiracy about all this? What? So there's a conspiracy that the reason why COVID got to the U.S. is that supposedly, like, I like how you wrote, the technocratic elites, mm-hmm. all of them supposedly were going to court. 
they were all getting sued. Oh, the 230? Yeah, the 230 case. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So basically what that implies is that Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, owner of Google, owner of all the fabrics of life in American society, were served to go to court because they were committing crimes against humanity. Yeah, the 230 thing is uh, essentially they're, they're labeled as a free platform because they have information. So they're not liable to anything that's on there. And the 230 protects them because they're claiming they're not a publisher because they're saying we're not we're not curating the information. The information is free flowing, which we know is bullshit. We know every one of those social medias are curating the information. <laughs> There's a freaking sign on everything I, I click on that says this may be misinformation. They are curating the information, which makes them a publisher. So they should not be exempt from any other publisher and they should be liable and they should get fucking sued but they're not because everything's corrupt and they're, they're in bed with section the politicians and they're in bed with all these people mm-hmm. section 230 the day that's eliminated that they should really they should change. become publishers because they are because they're curating the information to their liking to their narrative to their mm-hmm. beliefs it's not a free-flowing information network like they claim it to be it's totally not. So anyway, uh, that's another episode. <laughs> but that's what basically the 230 is, right? It, it, it exempts them for what's on their platform because they, they claim the 230 that they're a free-flowing information network when instead they are actually a publisher. They're actually curating the information that we see, right? So that therefore they should be liable whenever they fucking lie or whenever they censor, they, we should be able to sue the shit out of them. Exactly. Right? That's kind of what uh, Trump's doing now with the whole... Um, Soonable. He's not going to win, though. Well, so, yeah, probably not. Um, so, and, and then, it, so another one. He says protest bans have been mostly applied to anti-lockdown demonstrations, right? Uh, in the Western world, do, and the Western protests that do not threaten the industrial system. However, have however protests that do threaten the, the industrial system have not been tolerated. So yeah, like like BLM, um, all the race riots that we saw where they were just beating up people, burning down, our, down our they cities. they were promoting the shit out of those. But if if you have an anti mask thing or you have something that has to do with the vaccine, they're gonna shut that shit down real quick mm. because he's saying that promotes the system, right? Because that's a, that's a very good it protects way protects the system. Yeah, you're not going against the system norm at that point. Yeah, you can loot and you can beat people up in the name of social justice. But you can't talk about vaccines. You can't talk about lockdowns. You can't, you can't question the system, right? But you can, like I said, BLM, all that stuff. You can only promote it doesn't matter whether I agree with them or not. It's just the truth. You can Th- only promote the system. Those things were being promoted, right? Those things are fine. They're okay. But the moment you like want to protest masks or vaccines or COVID itself. It's like what I said in the beginning. Anything, anything that's anti-culture or anti-government, you are immediately silenced. For sure. misinformation. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's keep it going here um, on the next bullet point. Uh, so what should we touch on here? Life in Western society is dependent on the cooperation of millions of people and machines. This has removed almost all autonomy from individuals and local communities, right? As they now have to rely on large-scale communication networks, transport, and healthcare systems that care only about sustaining itself, and this is why um, this is why it reacts so detached from human desires in threatening situations, such as the COVID pandemic. When a new disease threatens to shut down the global trans the transportation framework, it seeks to prevent a panic, 
right? They don't care about if you're going to die or people, millions of lives are going to last. They're going to protect their global transit system because that props up the system, right? They don't care about human lives. It only cares, the system only cares about the system. It doesn't care about individual humans. It's a system, bro. They don't care. They'll lie. They'll suppress the information until they have it all ready, and then they'll make a big deal out of it. They're not going to shut down their global transit system for you. They're going to let you die is what he's getting at. And then we saw that in the COVID thing, right? They didn't shut down shit. They said it was nothing. You didn't even need to wear a mask and all that until it got, until they were ready. So uh, I see what you're saying is they basically, it's like poker, right? They fucking are going to play their hand before mm-hmm. they show your hand, right? They're going to. They're not trying to save lives is yeah. what he's saying. Yeah. They're trying to save their system. system. And if it means sacrificing millions and millions of people, and they're so willing be to it. do it. Yeah. So be it. Uh, next, uh, let's see here. Yeah, so even this is what we're talking about. Even small business owners that are not influenced by large organizations, they have to adapt to new technologies that are developed by large organizations to remain competitive and therefore still relying on them, right? Even when we said we we're talking about this back and I said I'll get to it. You're a small business owner. You, you got to get with the program, bro. You got to compete with these other large-scale firms who are using different things. So, therefore, you become dependent on the same things. You become dependent on the system. You have to, uh, you have to adhere to every basically big rule or any law that these big corporations have to do. Yeah, that makes and, you dependent on the system. And you can't win that way because your small business is just going to get overshadowed by the big business. perfect example is a small business, let's just say he doesn't use the Internet. He's not going to compete or with even, Walmart. Or, or, they're all on the internet, dude. Even simpler. How many times have we ordered Domino's when we have a mom and pop pizza shop down the street? Yeah. They don't have the app. They don't have that shit. Right? I'm, I'm fucking going on the app, dude. Yeah. It's easy. I'm signed in here. I'm working on my phone. You're, that's a perfect example, right? They have to compete, but that makes it, them dependent and part the, of the system. They are the system. Exactly. They give you the illusion of freedom. Hey, you want your own business? You still have to adhere to everything that we say and do. You become dependent because yeah. you have to compete with Domino's, which is a systematic pizza shop, right? You have to compete with them. Gonna, so therefore, yeah. like you said, you become them in essence. Right? In the essence of freedom, though. Yep. All right. Let's get to that next bullet point. Um all right, so I think uh, we should probably start wrapping it up here. This, this section is highly relevant with regard to the events of the current year. It is clear, I think, it, I think it's very clear, that the ambitions by the, co- the contemporary global elites to initiate a new industrial revolution to deal with this so-called extra, like, uh, existential threats to humanity. In reality, however, these only threats, th- these only threaten the system under the guise of manufactured, mysterious... Things such as climate change, the global pandemic, or terrorism, right? They make up all this shit so they can continue to stay in power, right? Or rationalize why they do what they do exactly. and the laws that they make. Exactly. And the exactly. powers that they force down us, stripping us away further from our freedoms. It's always climate change. It's always the pandemic now. It's and it's crazy. And it goes back to the social engineering now. Is if you say you don't believe in climate change, how dare you? Even if it's true or not, they still use it to, That's the part of to the make policy, to make laws, to control you. Whether it's true or not, they That's shouldn't, the, have, yeah, they shouldn't have control over that kind of stuff because we don't know if it's true or not. Just because they publish it, how can we even trust it? Well, we know they're corrupt. They know propaganda. Exactly. You know? Who's to say it is true or not? But my point is you shouldn't be able to grab more power 
based on that narrative. If climate change was true, that's fine. But why are you still grabbing more power because of it? Because, because it's always been about power, right? They'll yeah. use any fucking thing to grab more power. Any form of control they will absolutely use. They'll use climate change for yeah. it. Instead of doing something about it, what do they do? They just grab more power. They're not fucking doing anything about it. Earth has been burning up, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're not doing anything. <laughs> what are they doing about it? Making Twitter pages. What are they doing about <laughs> it, right? Um, all right, let's get to that uh, last, last bullet point. These last two here. I think that's the last two, yeah. Uh, Kavinsky describes the dilemma of humanity's addiction to technology to continue on the current path would mean created rapid and frequent disruptions to society that have various predictable and unpredictable negative outcomes that will lead to human suffering. Uh, overthrowing the industrial system, on the other hand, would also mean creating suffering because a large portion of the world population is kept alive by, um, by the system. So uh, let's, let's kind of react to that, and then we got... Uh, we got a last bullet point there. So, so it's either we continue on this trend of being obsessed with technology, which is going to create a lot of human suffering, which we've kind of gone through this whole podcast, or you overthrow the system, which is also going to create a lot of suffering for the human population. I mean, a That's lot of people are freaking – how many – not to be mean, but how many, like, elderly people are held up by the system? How many obese people – like, I'm sorry to say that, but, like – you know, they need their insulin, they need all this stuff. Like, a lot of people are right now dependent on the system. And we had this conversation on our way here, actually, or a little bit before. Um, see, there's proponents like you. You, correct me if I'm wrong, you're a believer of, you would just rather watch it all crash and burn. For sure. But then, I'm on the same page, but then I understand why people, like you said, those two groups you said, like, if it crashes and burns, they're the first ones to die. They're the first ones to face the new revolution. The elites would be the first ones to have the guillotine at their front door, for sure. But that'll only be conducted by fit males or individuals like me and yourself. Or, because or, the, the weak would ultimately, within this revolution, only the strong will prevail. Correct. But, it, but what Kaminsky's saying and what I got from him, he's saying it's a lot of short-term pain for long-term benefit if you overthrow the current industrial system. While if you don't, it's going to be a lot of long-term pain for everyone. We're, we're between a rock and a hard place. No matter what you do, it's going to be suffering because we're already too far deep into this system. You either overthrow it and, and, and cause pain and suffering for a short time and then rebuild, or you continue with your obsession of technology and you have a very long period of time of human suffering. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of what he's getting at. All right, so there's there's a kind of two things he's getting at here. On the one hand, our current uh, technological industrial society could create an artificial intelligence, right? Isn't that like what everyone says? Let's create an AI. It'll be great. It was so funny. I had just had this thought right now is with the advancement of this industrial revolution, the Terminator prophecy comes into fruition, right? Yeah, the Skylinker. What yeah. was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it is, right? So which would effectively control everything due to its superior problem-solving capabilities, right? (laughs) This would make human life without technology close to impossible, right? We would literally be slaves to the AI. On the other hand, it could also be that control over large machine systems would be maintained by humans, but only in the hands of a small elite, which we see now with the banking and the money, right? There's only a small elite to control all the banking systems and all that. 
But uh, only in the hands of Smalley, the population would be at the mercy of this group as they could either decide to exterminate or take care of now the big masses, right? They could either say, man, these useless eaters who screw on bolts all day. I mean, can we kill them now or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like, they're not really much use to us anymore. We got AI, bro. You'll fix all our problems for us. We don't need... And if you create an AI without a soul or without any part of... You'll tell them, exterminate these useless eaters. Yeah. You provide me no value. Molly whopped. In an industrial society, right? Humans are only valueless in an industrial society. That's what Kaminsky said. You're not useless. Only in this industrial society do you become useless. useless. Yes. Humans uh, uh, so kind of my main conclusion, I think uh, Kaminsky concludes that the industrial society and all organization dependent te- technology needs to be destroyed in order to regain and preserve human freedom so we got about got about a couple minutes here what do you think man so let's just let's just end it on this so what do you think man you think Kaminsky's right or wrong and everything we talked about in this last hour and a half or whatever do we need to it's not gonna happen I'm realistic bro I know it's not gonna fucking happen we're not gonna destroy technology it's not gonna happen I think we're on a path that Kaminsky says we're, we're gonna just get more obsessed and we may fucking create an AI I guess I'm on the, I disagree with you in the sense I do believe a revolution is coming, but it's not the revolution that I'm envisioning. We're going to have a small part of the, I think it's going to be too late by then. The small part of the revolution is going to try to revolt, but by being blinded and consuming this industrial revolution, it's too late. We need to do it before the AI comes. If if we could produce an AI that's... That's when, like you said, that Terminator kind of <laughs> narrative comes. I mean, once there's an AI that's fully functioning online, I mean, that's bad news for us, man. To answer your main question, though, he's right. The Industrial Revolution, the further we progress, the further we get away from humanity. The further we get away from humanity, the closer we become to literally exterminating ourselves in yep. the name of technology yep. and advancement. And I pose this question, and I want to leave it at this, at least on my end. And I always say this, is all this technological advancement good for the human species? And I personally say no. Probably not. But is, uh, I'll ask one more question. Is nature and evolution itself as a, as something that just happens, right? We know we evolve and all that, right? We do all this stuff. So it's a product of evolution. Let's just say, let's just say, evolution doesn't care a fuck about your feelings. Was it always the end game? making monkeys smart like i said before to eventually produce an ai and that ai will mostly exterminate us as humans we know it but is that evolution doing its job and 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 to keep getting better so essentially the reason humans evolved to what we were was to create this artificial intelligence we did our biological duty to evolution right evolution's undefeated what if it was always evolution's plan to get us to become AI-like? Or and Charles Darwin is war- literally fist-bumping his chest Robot-like, right? <laughs> right? Or, you know, and then AI will go to space, will become yeah. robots or humanoids or whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever that leads to, right? Was it always that grand design? Is humanity as we know it just special to us because we're humans and we... Like, like for example, look at all the animals that go instinct. We don't give a fuck about them. Not a single fuck. 
So just like an AI wouldn't give a single fuck about your feelings, oh, he's going to die. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to kill this fool. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I mean? Terminator style. Yes, yeah, Terminator style, bro. They, like, we only have feelings for humanity because we're humans. Do we have feelings for a tiger? I know I fucking don't. Yeah. Let them die. Fuck it. I'd rather, ha- I'd rather live my life comfortably than the tiger have his fucking natural habitat. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That's what humans say, right? Yeah. I think we should end it on those two questions yeah. for the audience. Yeah. I mean, is evolution, evolution obviously doesn't have feelings, but is it, is it a product of evolution for us to get to that point to create an AI? And is all the development, including the AI, good for the human species? Yeah, it's a, those are pretty good questions. In today's podcast, uh, that ends our industrial uh, society episode. That was a good one, man. That was a good. Yeah, it was yeah. good. We'll be back here next Saturday. This is Tinfoil Hat Tony. Uh, Geeky Jock signing out. Signing out. We out.